0: This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Contractor's Corner. I'm host Kelly Pickerel, and today we're joined by Pete Marty. He is CEO of Hannah Solar, a mid-size EPC headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia. So thanks for joining me today, Pete.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for, Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. So, what type of solar projects does Hannah Solar specialize in?
1: Um, we kind of we run the full gamut um, on the CNI side, the commercial industrial side. Um, a lot of rooftop, and um, we've done an IKEA. We've done a number of manufacturing facilities, and we we you know run from the tip of Florida to uh, to Louisiana, and then out to uh, the Outer Banks of North Carolina. So. It's the whole southeast. We did a number of schools up in Tennessee and um, you know all things in between really.
0: Okay. So how did the company get started?
1: I started it um, in a uh, spare bedroom at, at our house <laughs> and it was uh, it was an idea at the time. I didn't really know what the tax credits were. I didn't know about depreciation but it, I thought that solar was going to come of age at some point fairly soon, and this was uh, where we're just starting our 10th year, so it was 10 years ago, and, um, you know, clearly have learned a lot over the years. The, the whole solar coaster has been, um, been the life we all all lead, and um, we uh, got going and, and really just didn't look back. You know, we didn't have an opportunity to look back. It was something that I was super passionate about I named the company after my daughter who was uh, two at the time because it it just was one of those things that um, it's all about you know the next generation and and we're we're only here for a short amount of time and we better be good stewards for for the um, uh, for the planet And, and you know the way we generated electricity especially in the southeast just a few years ago was you know sixty plus percent was coal and now we're um, you know down in the thirties and natural gas has, has come in and become a, a big part of the energy mix down here and solar's been grown by leaps and bounds in the southeast and um, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Florida's finally coming on board, the Sunshine State's getting it. And um, it's uh, you know it's just been been fun to grow with an industry that was so so small in the southeast when we started and be a part of it and be as active as we can be in the industry as well you know to support not only our our business and our employees but also the entire industry and what we're doing and uh, the fact we're all agents and change it is a lot of fun it's great to get up every day and and work at this
0: so what does your daughter think about having a solar company named after her
1: Oh, man I think she 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 acts a little entitled. Uh, <laughs> and and my son is the one I worry about cuz he's like dad where's my company? Uh, so no she's she's great. She's excited about it and um as is he, you know, he um he's got a good business mind. He's 11 and she she um I think likes the fact it's named after her and she's she's very proud of it and you know at times she's embarrassed when we pull up in a a Hannah Solar truck or a Hannah Solar EV with a big old logo on the side, She's like, Dad, don't park so close to where my friends can see me.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's good. You're, you're starting them young with, with the with the solar education.
1: <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yep.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned you work kind of across the southeast, but uh, where are your branch offices located?
1: Um, we've got one right outside of Asheville in Marshall, North Carolina. And uh, we have got a three-man team up there. And we've got design, business development, and project manager out of that office. We have um, one in South Carolina. And we have Savannah office, two-person office in Savannah. And then we have one gentleman who works down in um, Valdosta, Georgia, which is Georgia-Florida border, around 75 in the middle of the state. And we have one salesperson up in New England now who's been with us for a little bit over a year, trying to break into that market a little bit. And that's, uh, that's been an exciting time. We've done uh, one project up there. We've got another one under contract. And then, um, now we're really, we're pushing a lot with energy storage and solar down in the Caribbean and Puerto Rico. We've been down there, um, pretty active since November. Mm-hmm. And so I, I anticipate we'll have a full operation down there with a warehouse, trucks, people, um, you know, by, by June or July.
0: Is the stuff like in the Caribbean, is that still commercial based?
1: Uh, you know, it's, we're right now, it's kind of like the early days up here, you know, any, any project is a good project. And so um, we'll be doing residential, large residential, I think we'll be doing a lot of storage down there where we're, we're partners with in up here, which is actually manufactured in Georgia now. And also we're a certified installer for Tesla for their power walls and their power pack. And we um, are, are very active in that space up here in the residential sector. We've got a few commercial installs with those products, but they're, they're really residential products. And we've got a bunch of um, quotes out for, um, Decent sized energy storage, not, not the real big, you know, five or 10 megawatt storage projects, but the, you know, 500 kilowatt hour storage projects, um, coupled with solar, especially, you know, when we look at the re- resiliency needs down in the, uh, down in the islands, they've, they've had a wake up call, a very big wake up call, and it's been painful and expensive for them. So, um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Talking a little bit more about energy storage, um, where where else is it kind of gaining traction? Is it more residential people looking for backup? Is it a resiliency thing? What are you guys seeing?
1: You know, it's funny. We um, we you know when you asked me earlier about what what do we do for business, I only said C and I. We also do a lot of um, small scale utility stuff with utility programs in the in the area. Georgia Powers had a very strong one. And, um, a couple of years ago, about two and a half years ago, we bid on a solarized program for residential solar. And we've got, now we've got a pretty big team and, uh, you know, it's, it's our fastest accelerating business unit, um, with residential solar. And we, we won solarized high view as our kickoff into the residential sector. And currently we're doing Solarize Dunwoody and which is a, um, Suburb on the north side of Atlanta, and eighty percent of those customers that have um, gone for solar have opted for storage as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's 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 very interesting. Half of those folks I don't think know what they're really getting, <laughs> and the other half are really educated about it. So we have, you know, we we don't know sometimes are we selling to the super educated um, technical guy. Um, or technical family that wants to you know really um, consume as much clean energy as they can, maybe save a little bit more with storage? Or are we just you know selling a Tesla power wall to someone who has a Tesla and wants to kind of complete the uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: complete the package? Um, so we're getting it's, it's a broad brush there and it confuses us sometimes because you know you when you're selling storage, there's there's a much um much deeper dive you have to do with the customer as far as what they're really expecting when the, when you're done with their project. And they're all different.
0: So yeah, how is the Southeast market right now for solar in general?
1: Um, in general it's it's really good. You know, we've um we've been working um well with the utilities and they've been doing a lot with um with solar, and um, you know, we realized long ago that we're we're in their sandbox essentially, and we've got to play nice and, and work well together. And um, you know, I think that's that's served us well as a as a mindset. And um, then you've got other customers that are just you know they may have upstream um, requirements from from their end use customers where they want their supply chain to be more green. Or like with Ikea, you know, they just are committed to 100% of their stores are going to have solar on them, period. You know, it's not not optional. It's just we just want to get a quality install from a competitive, um, you know, contractor in the area.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, so with all that being said, you know, there's enough business for all of us. And um, we've diversified in the, you know, residential side. We also have a natural gas power generator business that we've had since 2009, and we do a lot of electric vehicle charging equipment. And then between those four business units, storage, which takes a lot of time and brain power, commercial and industrial, and the utility programs, we're, we're um, keeping very busy. We're up to 121 employees, and we are um, we're growing. We've got a um, three open positions currently and all different aspects. And then we're always looking for good um, electricians and journeymen and, and, you know, guys to, to do the install, folks to do the install and, um, and, you know, get good folks out of good training programs or, or help do some on, on the job training. And so the solar space in the Southeast is, is robust and it's um, going to continue to grow. Florida's just coming coming on board, in my opinion. Um, Alabama is a huge landmass that has very, very, very little solar, and that's going to get a lot more. Um, TVA announced yesterday that they're going to be um, um, investing or, you know, looking at $20 billion with renewable energy um, in their new um, forward-looking IRP for 20 years. So, you know, I think it's a really good good time to be in solar in the southeast and i don't want any competitors coming here but <laughs> but because um, we've got enough you know there are 241 companies like ours in the state and so um you know a lot of them are a couple guys in a truck but there are about five or six of us who have all been at the same georgia sea board meetings for the last nine or ten years and we're all we've all grown with the industry in the southeast and um have all, you know, have, have had a very collaborative approach to policy change and um, regulatory change, statutory change, and um, and also we compete, you know, bare knuckle to bare knuckle to one another to, to be efficient and cost competitive and, and win projects. So it's, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a good time to be, you know, in solar in the southeast, I, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm
0: yeah sounds like it for sure. so you know we're a few weeks into this uh thirty percent solar panel tariff. What effects have you guys seen this far are you are you experiencing anything?
1: um you know we're we like uh, everybody in our on the EPC side of the thing, the developer side in the commercial and industrial and certainly in residential, there's far less price sensitivity to you know a five or ten cent increase than utility scale so separating out we don't do the big utility scale we don't do the 20 plus megawatt up to 200 megawatt projects that's just not our Mm -hmm. um, our our world so we're, we're we've been impacted a little bit on the price increases but they really started last May or June because of the fact that the tariff could have been imposed retroactively A lot of the manufacturers and supply chain were tight on supply and they were afraid of the retroactive nature that could have been applied to the to the um, panels Mm -hmm. so they our prices were up you know pretty high you know mid 50s for the panel prices up to even low 60s and so we've seen a slight retraction in that price since the tariff was announced and the manufacturers have some certainty that this isn't retroactive And so we've seen panel prices come back down um, to you know about the fifty cent range per watt, and that's been very encouraging. And um, I, you know, I think supplies opened up a lot as well because there there's no fear of a retroactive nature or something, so they started ramping up manufacturing again or supplying the U.S. market again. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, looking at all that. you know the panel pricing is you know it's it's a third of the of the cost of a project roughly and so you know you're you're looking at 30 percent on a third or really it's a 10 percent increase we'd already experienced that with our pricing so we're we're kind of we're okay and um and our pricing is is where it was you know maybe a penny higher maybe a penny lower depending on the nature of the beast and if they're specifying a specific panel that may be more expensive or less expensive. And um, so we're, you know, we're very, very confident that the, um, you know, tariff, the impact of the tariffs already been felt and we're, we're moving on and we had already moved on and had already been dealing with it. And um, you know, the, uh, the talking points for the political side of it, or, you know, we're going to lose some jobs because of it. And, and we might, um, you know, no, nothing's certain tomorrow in the solar world. We all know that. Um, but I do think that we're still in such a growth mode that this was just another little bump in the road for us and and, in the industry. And I'm, I'm hopeful and confident that we're going to be building, not retracting. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, uh, the administration in D.C. currently, you know, is uh, a little bit of a wild card. And, um, you know, we're just, uh, we've got to roll the punches.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Good. It's good to hear that you guys, I mean, you were just talking about how you're still expanding. So you're, you're hiring more people. So it seems like things are, are, are okay right now.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm very. Uh, I'm an optimist just by nature, but I'm I'm very optimistic that we've got a very big, um, you know, decade ahead of us. You know, I kind of we had a strategy meeting just a little bit ago. I said, okay, guys, we're wrapping up our first our first decade. What's the next decade look like,
2: mm-hmm. and how
1: does it how does it feel different inside the walls of the company and outside the walls of the company? What is the how do we you know what's the air like that we're breathing? Is it you know, nice, cool mountain air, or are we, you know, kind of in a smog-filled, um, you know, uh, neighborhood in New Delhi. You know, I think, you know, I think we're going to be able to, you know, enjoy that cool, crisp mountain air that's going to be cleaner than it ever has been.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So I saw that Hannah Solar, you guys are also involved with O&M. So how does that work? Is that something you're offering your installation customers? Or are you also accepting outside jobs to manage?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we manage um, a lot of uh, projects that we built for clients, um, and we those same clients that bought a portfolio of projects also have us manage the rest of their portfolio that we didn't build. And so we're, um, we're managing um, about $600 million worth of assets for just our top three clients and another couple hundred million worth of assets for, for others. And we also do vegetative management, which sounds fancy, but it's really <laughs> weed whacking and lawn mowing <laughs> on another um, uh, 5,000 acres of utility scale projects. So that that keeps us busy in the O and M world, and um, panel washing is the other thing that we've got. Um, we bought a big Bitumeck panel washing machine, and we can do approximately fourteen thousand panels a day. Clean them, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, that's another part of our O and M that is still, you know, definitely in the in the nascent beginning stages of of um, the O and M side, because the, the panel cleaning, you know, that the, the kind of crud on a panel builds up over time. And, um, it's just like if, if you never wash your car, it's, it does continue to build up and even in a heavy rain, it doesn't all get washed off. So the panel cleaning, I think is going to become more and more important, especially as hotspots develop on panels. And, um, you know, it's, it's determined that, you know, it was either bird droppings or, really heavy soil and created that hot spot. And so then we're going to have issues with, between manufacturers and facility owners pointing the finger at each other. Like you didn't, you know, you didn't do what was required to avoid hot spots And, you know, the asset owner is going to say you didn't do what was required to, um, you know, keep your production up based on your warranty. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be a lot of finger pointing and being in the O&M side, is a great great space for us. We have uh, 16 people on that team today, and we're we're adding to that team um, this summer. We pick up another portfolio of projects this summer, so we're looking for a few really good technical folks for that team in in June, July timeline, and um, the uh, the the long tail of of O and M is to me very exciting, and also to um, to the the team, because we know it's these assets are all relatively new still, and they're all designed with a you know 30-year spreadsheet, so they've got to work for the next 25 years, and um, we're, we're going to be there to, to support those assets.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what kind of financing trends are you seeing with your customers?
1: Oh, my gosh, that's the, uh, probably the topic you uh, are. <laughs> so we've got a lot of, um, because we're in so many different markets, and because we're in the city of Atlanta and we're in Savannah, um, which have two big, very low-income populations, very big, low-income populations, we're, we've been looking a lot at financing vehicles for low-income housing, and both single-family and multifamily, And hopefully some community solar with that um again with the utility partners that we we've been working with that are also trying to figure this out and so that's one of the one of the buckets the other is you know just getting for us we need to get closer continue to get closer to the money is, is my phrase so that we can have um we are we're currently in the process of establishing our own basic fund so that we can have our own um, in in-house financing vehicle, so we can offer solar energy procurement agreements, SEPAs in Georgia, or leases in North Carolina, or PPAs in South Carolina, um, so that we can have that all in-house, and it's not um, a multitude of folks uh, feeding it that finance source. So we're 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 developing a lot of those, and then residential, we've got. Um, a number of different players that we we work with for the residential solar financing that are really great and they're set up, you know, set up to to handle it very well.
0: Okay, gotcha. So even though you guys sound so busy, if there was one thing you could change in your area to boost solar sales, what would it be?
1: Um, I really think um the the biggest thing that could help boost solar sales is a solar a tariff designed for customers that install solar and okay. um in the in the southeast the more energy you buy the cheaper it gets in other markets like california the more energy you buy the more expensive it gets did I say that right? The first time, the more energy you buy, the cheaper it gets in the southeast.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: In California, the more energy you buy, the more expensive it gets. They're they're encouraging with tariff structure efficiency or on-site generation. Down here, when you are in a PLM, a power and light medium, a tariff 11, which is the standard tariff for mid sized business mid-sized businesses and industrial businesses small industrial if you're in the top tier you're based on your demand and your uh, your capacity um, you're paying less than a penny per kilowatt hour for electricity and so solar is going to offset that cheapest electricity first and then go to slightly more expensive electricity and then slightly more expensive and we have to go through two tiers before we get to something that approaches five cents kilowatt hour. And so the first two tiers are three and sub one. And so um, we're, we, we have to do a lot of homework before we find out that we are uh, getting crushed on the economics because they're in the PLM 11 tariff. So a solar tariff so that that, any solar generation basically comes in first and the tariff still stays in place for them. The PLM tariff stays in place for them, but it's after the solar has been considered and the solar is not just offsetting the the buckets of really, really, really cheap energy. <clears throat> so that would be the one thing. And we would see the floodgates open, I think, on industrial customers, rooftop solar.
2: Hmm
0: that's really interesting a lot of people are just like we need better ahjs to help us get more solar we need this so that's (laughs) that's a really interesting point
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean we all the above certainly yes but um (laughs) to me that's where and that's our bread and butter market is that that cni customer um and so that's why i'm kind of tuned into that the ahjs we've we've been fortunate here you know um the Solarized Dunwoody project we're doing right now with residential, they're putting us through the ringer a little bit on that. But city of Atlanta, um, they've got a one day permit process. So, because they want to get ahead of it. It's a very, yeah, it's a great, it's a very progressive city um, in terms of resiliency and sustainability. You know, I feel really fortunate to be here in Atlanta. And 10 years ago, you know, there were days I went to up and moved to New Jersey or yeah. Massachusetts where, you know, it was the land of milk and honey back then. But now we've got a, uh, we've got a really good opportunity in Atlanta to, to make this a much, um, much cleaner energy mix in the city. And, uh, and, you know, we've got support from all different levels and directions that's, that, you know, kind of put some, some, air under our wings on, on tough days when you lose a, lose an RP or a bid to somebody else. So it's, it's good.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a, a really great place to be. So, what's Hannah Solar's plan for the next few years?
1: So, um, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we will definitely be opening an office down in the Caribbean if not two, mm-hmm. uh Puerto Rico and, and U.S. Virgin Islands. And that's not just so I can personally spend more time down there, but uh, <laughs> that's um, I, I think you know rebuilding it better is one of my um, goals down there, and being a, a key player in that whole um, opportunity is is huge. We'll also probably open up an, an office in um, other markets, Raleigh, Durham, um, the uh, Alabama market. We're hoping with some legislative um, changes in utility changes we're going to be able to see that market open up so i i foresee that we'll open up a handful of other offices in the southeast down in through the caribbean um we may go as far west as texas um and as far north as virginia and kind of really keep the southeast as our focus going a little bit more to the southwest um focusing more on cni getting better at what we do every day um, Building a, a a better educated sales force and a better educated installation force is one of our primary um, internal objectives, and we've um, we were honored this year as the Independent Electrical Contractor um, Subcontractor of the Year for Georgia, and part of that's because the number of people we're putting through the IEC electrical training to get Mm -hmm. our journeymen as licensed electricians and then our, um, our labor crew as, um, as journeymen. And so we're, you know, we're, we're really committed to that. And, and, you know, there are days we lose sight of it, but, um, the, the education process is, is long enough that the folks that are, that we've put in it, they're not—they're not losing sight of the fact that they're focused on getting that education, and so we're really um, fortunate that we've got—you know—the folks we select to go in there or self-select to go in there are dedicated and um, and really um, focused on rolling up their sleeves and making sure that they're going to be successful in that space because they know the company's investing in them, and you know I—I I always hate to lose people, good people. But if one of our, our electricians who started out as a laborer, um, then goes off and starts his own electrical contracting crew company for four or five years from now, I'd be, I'd be tickled pink to, to just see that success in developing a young person, um, into something, you know, far greater than, than just being a a laborer for us, um, or, or an electrician for us. And so, you know, we haven't seen that happen yet, but I'm I'm hopeful that will happen, you know, where we, we're able to, you know, kind of um, maybe even provide some of the seed funding for that. So that's part of the future, you know, a lot more education, maybe even we have a training room here, but a bigger, really formal training facility would be something I'd, I'd love to see as well. Um, we've got a great building that we own, but we may do another purpose-built New building for our um, for our new scale, as big as we've we've grown, and um, anticipating growing bigger. And um, then on the other side of it, we have a government services side that's um, it's a sister company, and um, I'm a minority partner in it with a retired colonel, and uh, so he's a service disabled veteran. And so we do, and that's in Charleston, South Carolina, and we do almost uh, exclusively government projects federal where the service disabled veteran-owned status will help us in the in the process to get at least included in a in a bid request and right now we're doing um we're gearing up for two projects we've won that we'll be building in the south pacific this year and one's a a really big exciting microgrid out on the island where they um Uh, Launch missiles from if um, if North Korea Mm. decides to get squirrely on us, that's where the interceptor missiles. Some of the interceptor missiles come from. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So it'll have a microgrid out there that we're we're going to be building this year, and another one south of that that um, is uh, on on Wake Island that's going to serve the base there on Wake Island. Mm. So those projects are really cool projects, and I see. Um, our government services team is just, um, they're going to, they doubled in size last year and they're going to um, double in size again this year and they're um, they are just doing incredibly well and we've collaborated on a number of projects together but mostly we're, we're two separate companies but I do see more collaboration between the two teams as we, um, you know, have more and more challenging projects come our way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I saw some news come through about that uh, microgrid <clears> on that island, and just I was just trying to find photos of the island. I mean, of course, it's in the Pacific. It looks beautiful out there, so that would be a really, really great
1: project. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, and uh, Colonel, Colonel McNeil asked me if I wanted to go out and visit during construction. I said, I'd love to. He goes, well, so we fly to Hawaii <laughs> for a day or two. Then we take a plane to, I can't remember which island you go to first, Gotta stay there for a week because that's when the next plane will take you to the oh next island, goodness. and then stay there. for so it's two weeks to go there and then back. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm I'm probably not going to make it. Um, <laughs> my family would not be very happy if i was gone for two weeks. <laughs> That'll
0: probably just be a, a a feat in logistics, though, just to get all of the materials out there too.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, we have to buy forty-one containers, forty-foot containers, fill it with equipment and supplies, and ship them there for about six months. Oh my
0: goodness!
1: It's 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 a tremendous cost to do the work that far away, Um, and doing both of them, you know, really, literally simultaneously is going to means we've got to buy. You know, that's why it's forty-one as opposed to twenty and twenty-one. You know, ideally we could have done one and then went to the next one 800 miles south to do it but um
0: yeah
1: that's how it happens You government <laughs> contracting you gotta gotta do it when they tell you you're gonna do it
0: <laughs> right <laughs> <sighs> well thanks for talking to me today pete it was really nice getting mm. to know hannah solar
1: oh my pleasure thank you so much this is this has been wonderful
0: this has been another edition of contractors corner Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, new industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com. See you back here next month.